to 12 Bar News. Today is the 11th of November in the year 2019. I am, as always, the Scared Fox. And with me are my co-conspirators, my homies, the Brave Badger. Yo, 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 yo. Bullwinkle. Hey. And Darsh. Hello, hello. There we go. There we go. So we're just going to jump right in, as we always do, to a little segment we like to call... What's happening? And I'm actually going to start us off uh, with a little bit of something that's out of this world. is the song Secret Crowds by the band Angels and Airwaves, the project of former frontman uh, Blink-182, Tom DeLonge. Well, Tom is going to take a little break from proving the existence of UFOs to go on a new tour with his band Angels and Airwaves, um, as well as they'll be putting out an album in 2020. But the tour is an 18-day tour um, starting in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, this December, they'll be going, you know, up the West Coast. They'll be coming out this way in uh, Pennsylvania. They're playing uh, in Wilkesbury on the nineteenth of January, and uh, what what a Sayersville, New Jersey. You know where that is, Badger? Yep. Okay, they, they'll be playing uh, there two days later at the Starlin Ballroom. So, uh, oh, Wilkes- I've been, I've been to that venue. It's, it's so small, but it's it's very intimate. I do remember yeah. you saying, "Who did you see there?" um no one that, good that was i was pretty recently that's pretty recently if i remember like in the last year or two it was that um, uh metalcore band no. oh it probably was a metalcore band you probably went with your wife um yeah. we'll get into the metalcore a little bit later mm-hmm. um but yeah the 19 or uh 18 day tour they'll probably add more shows i'm sure they will it's you know tom and angels and airwaves are a pretty big draw um he's got to do his he, history channel show man but he does kind of he might take a little bit of time off to uh to well i don't know if he, he needs to he already landed a government contract like he proved that ufos exist come on um anyways so we're, we're gonna we're gonna move on to another piece of uh music news if you wouldn't mind playing that uh song for me badger Right, the Rebel Girl, original Riot Girl band, Bikini Kill, is reuniting for a small 13-show tour this spring. 
um, <laughs> excuse me, um, a lot of it, uh, you know, the proceeds to their shows will be going to help homeless shelters um, and and helping single LGBT adults in local communities in in their hometown of Olympia, Washington. Um, they will be coming to Philadelphia, which is pretty exciting. I will probably go to the show. Um, it's uh, the 13th of May, 13th of May. Yes. Uh, they'll be playing all along the East coast. They'll be playing some, some shows in the West coast, uh, some shows in Canada, as well as a festival, uh, in Oslo, Norway, which is pretty kick-ass. Um, but, uh, it, it's nice to see a band that, I, I mean, shoot, I don't even remember the last time they toured the last album they released was in 98. So it's been a while. Um, but you know, it, it's exciting to see, uh, I don't want to necessarily say innovators, but definitely, uh, you know, they, they started, yeah, they, they're innovators. Uh, they, they started a, a whole trend of the, the, you know, the riot girl movement, um, radical feminists um it's pretty kick-ass um i'm super supportive of of radical feminism um i think it's it's pretty kick-ass so uh, it's exciting to see that they're going to be going on tour again after you know so long um and you know i think that that does it for my news i'm going to uh toss it over to bullwinkle why don't you tell us about your favorite artists on the planet bullwinkle uh, way to tee it up. So Billie Eilish last week recorded a live album at Third Man Records under the invitation of Jack White. So it was an 11 song set. Um, very, it sounds like it was a kind of a mellow acoustic type set, um, including songs like, uh, I don't even want to say some of these, The Ocean Eyes, Bury a Friend, and her hit Bad Guy. Everyone's favorite songs. Um <laughs> So there we go. My my what's happening for the week. Well done, Bullwinkle. I, uh, I know I know you love shouting out uh Miss Eyelash. Yeah. Um <laughs> but um uh, we're gonna move on to a little bit better news and I'm gonna toss it <laughs> toss it on over to Badger. Badger, why don't you take us away? That was great. Uh so uh my chemical romance, as we said just last week, is coming back with a reunion show in December and everybody was like, well, somebody's got to play drums. Right. I was like, no, they can just throw on a beat machine or something like that. But it turns out they're going with uh, Jared Alexander, who played previously for them uh, after their original drummer, Bob Breyer left in uh, 2011 uh, or that's when uh Jared started playing for them. So it's getting exciting. They're uh, playing three additional dates <laughs> uh, down under, unfortunately. So they're not going to be coming to this area yet. But it sounds like they're, wrapping, they're ramping up for something. Uh, they're playing three shows in Australia and New Zealand in March at some festivals. And they also announced that Thursday will be their opening act for the show in December. Ooh. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, I'm a would. fan of, of Thursday. Uh, and in additional MCR news, uh, just today was announced that uh, Black Parade has re-entered the Billboard's 200 charts. Uh, wow. So 
there's getting a lot of buzz. I would not be surprised if we heard more from these little guys from Jersey. Uh, yes, little little guys. Yep. So we uh, also heard some exciting news this week from Questlove, the drummer, ba- uh, band leader for The Roots, and among other things, he's an author, he runs a restaurant, and he is the house band, along with The Roots, of Jimmy Fallon's uh, Tonight Show. And he announced on Facebook and his social media that he is going to be starring in a new Pixar animated uh, computer computer animated fantasy adventure comedy uh, dramedy whatever uh, that's set to be released in June of next year in 2020 uh, by mm-hmm. Disney Studios with Pixar. Uh, so he was very excited about it. He uh, was thinking that they were just wanting him to do some music. Uh, you know, and they said, no, you want, uh, we want you to star in it. And so, uh, he's co-starring with Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey among other, uh, celebrities. And it is all about a middle school music teacher, uh, who was like always dreamt of being this jazz, uh, musician, the star jazz musician. And he gets his chance and, I don't know how it happens, but I don't know if he dies or something, but his soul gets separated from his body. Uh, this movie's called Soul, so it's got a couple meanings there because um, of the jazz, and uh, <laughs> you get it. And um, yes. so the whole story is about his soul finding his way back to Earth. And the cool thing here is the music will be composed by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, uh, who has they've been uh, making it big right now uh, in the big leagues doing uh, composing work. Uh, Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails fame, who is up for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which you can vote on Google. Uh, and yeah, in addition to Trent Reznor, uh, John Baptiste of the Late Show with Stephen Colbert fame. Uh, was hired to write the jazz songs for the film. So Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are going to be doing just the general composition. And then uh, they actually got a jazz musician from who went to Juilliard to go and uh, jump in and play the, to write the jazz songs. So I'm pretty excited for that. I, I don't go see much move, many movies uh, because I'm poor. So send me some money. <laughs> Uh, especially Disney, you guys, you guys are loaded. Uh, but yeah, I talked about your movie, so send me money. That's how this thing yeah, works. That sounds that sounds like it's going to be fantastic. Uh, for those who who don't know, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, they've been working together since like the early two thousands, Nine Inch Nails stuff. Um, but they also won a Grammy for The Social Network. Uh, I never really watched it. I thought it was fucking overrated. Um, as well as um, uh, a couple other soundtracks, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, um, 47 Ronin, Gone Girl. They've worked together on these huge, um, huge movies. So uh, it should be should be damn good. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Any other news for us? Yeah. So uh, going along with uh, some new albums, uh, 
Spose, the uh, main stoner rapper, uh, has released a new album. Uh, so he's not, you know, everybody's cup of tea. He is a uh, he's a stoner rapper. So <laughs> <laughs> his album that he released was called "We Smoked It All, Volume 4. And like the to- like the title says, it's uh, the fourth volume of that series. Uh, he l- released his first album in 2007, and his second album was We Smoked It All. All of them were with his musical partner, uh, Cam Gra- Groves, uh, and they both rap on it. And, you know, it's not going to make anybody's top ten list for the best albums of the year. Uh, I don't – I'm predicting not – uh, but I listened to it and I would listen to it again. It was, uh, you know, an enjoyable album, but if lyrical content is a, uh, disqualifying factor for you, you might be a little disappointed. Um, just give a listen here to the song whoops off of, we smoked it all four by Spose. What's up, mom? Whoops, supposed to be gone by now, but my songs keep streaming, people still in the crowd. I'm like, whoops, started out rapping about beer, still here. They've been singing my shit for 10 years, like, whoops, only started rapping to be ill as hell. Then they told me that my music made them not kill themselves. Whoops, I wasn't supposed to be this dope for this long, but it's on, so let's go. Whoops, I'm living proof, it's not a fluke. Stick it to my roots, I don't split it with a group. That's forbidden with the fruit, what I've written is a noose. So yeah, that is... Uh, off of the new album and he goes uh he goes hard against uh trump in this album he uh and against the nazis and those those type of people um and it is you know if it's a good album just to put on if you're not you know intensely listening to music i put it on at work the other day and uh it made my day go by a little bit more pleasantly, I was laughing along. Uh, cheesy raps, cheesy rhymes, uh, but he's got some good songs in the past. Uh, so check him out. Uh, a song from his older days um, that I would recommend for some people to listen to is "Jimmy." It tells a really good story. Uh, but yeah, so check that all out. Uh, when you guys are bored and smoked some stuff that's it for me the well, badger okay well thank you for uh for that wealth of information everybody uh and we're gonna move on to a uh mini album review from uh darsh you can't uh, darsh, be mini with this subject. why don't why don't you tell us uh what you'll be reviewing today i mean the mini album review could apply to the fact that this is kind of a mini album and uh the album i'm talking about is jesus is king by uh uh, rapper producer rapper producer (laughs) entrepreneur uh kanye west um you know uh, love him hate him you know who he is um so first i Explaining my comment earlier that this album comes in at just over 27 minutes in length. And uh, last year, Kanye came out with another album called Yay, which was around the same length. 
Um, I personally liked that album um, because it was it, it went really far into his mental state. Yeah, he talked about his bipolar and how it affected him and how he had all these like dark thoughts and the um, the subject matter really came across um, as you know this is someone who's truly and genuinely affected by these uh, ailments. Um, but I feel like the length of that album was forgivable because Kanye also did a lot of stuff with Kids See Ghosts with Kid Cudi last year, which was very successful. And he also had a, a lot of um, hospitalizations and he was a busy man last year. He, he was on TMZ a, a lot. <laughs> uh they they definitely got a, their money's worth with him and so did he probably but Jesus is king is um his transition to you know hard line in the sand christian rap album now uh, a lot of people in the know knew this was coming because not only did Kanye have a pretty good amount of christian based like themes like there was ultralight beam on the life of pablo and like he often referred to his faith but he was never like a christian rapper per se um not to mention all the sunday services that he's been doing which is just you know him uh and a bunch of his contemporaries and his wife doing uh religious and gospel music um every now and again on Sunday. And those are actually pretty pretty entertaining for what they are. Um, now, on to the album itself. Uh, does this new sound, is it a comfortable fit for Kanye? Uh, it's hard to say. Like, it, it really... I, I just want to sit him down and be like, do you know what Christianity is, really? Or are you just interpreting this... And using it like the way that you want it to be used. Not that that is a rare thing for Christianity. Let me put that out there. Mm. Um, but he seems to be using his Christian faith to um, sort of amplify his you know, persecution complex and like his victim complex. Like he uses, like he does a lot of comparison of himself to that of the plight of Jesus Christ, which, you know, anyone who's familiar with Kanye is not really surprised. But, you know, I, I just expected maybe that this would be a turning point in his career. And clearly he's still the same old Kanye in a way. You know, he still is very much in love with himself. He's very self-absorbed, um, but, uh, you know, nothing new there. All right, so co the content of the album, I got to say, the best parts of the album is that it is very, very well produced and very well arranged and very concise, like compared to Ye, which was kind of a mess, uh, which, you know, it was a mess because it was part of his artistic statement at the time you know but the rapping is extremely uninspiring it's a little it's very contrived um 
And he does a lot. Like, there's just isn't that much of it. Like, that's kind of what's so disappointing is that he, you know, this is a Kanye West album. And even though he's done uh, albums before where he's had a ton of features, he's always managed in the past to have the features feel like features and have the whole album feel like a Kanye West album. On this one, mm, not really, not really so much. You know, there it's he's certainly in there, but he's not uh, as in the spotlight as he normally is. Um, and you know, part of the reason why I like Kanye is because I I legitimately think he's a really good rapper. Uh, I would prefer my Kanye albums to feature mostly Kanye, but didn't really get that here. Um, it is worth listening to. Like I said, the production, the arrangements are very good. Um, wish it were longer. Wish we had more from the man himself. I'm talking about Kanye, not the big guy upstairs. Um, and uh, to play us out, why don't we play one of my favorite songs? It's just a little ditty called Use This Gospel. Um, and Use this gospel for protection. It's a hard road to heaven. We call on your blessings. In the Father, we put our faith. King of the kingdom, our demons are trembling. Holy angels defending. In the Father. That's all I'm paying them for. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um. I, uh. Don't have anything nice to say. No. I mean, that's the first part I heard. Like, like Darsh said, it's, you know who he is. Love him or hate him. Who is he? Didn't he build like a Star Wars replica in his backyard and they made him tear it down? I don't know about that, but uh, one thing I should mention is that the album also came out with a short film by Kanye West, which uh, mainly covers. Uh, the Sunday services that he does. Uh, it's, you know, definitely worth looking into. It's not super long, but, uh, you know, it, it definitely was designed to be, uh, the the album and the film were designed to be experienced together, for sure. Oh, interesting. Like I'm, I'm Dark looking... Side of the Moon and The Little Mermaid? Exactly sure. like that. Catch the um, Little Mermaid on Disney Plus coming out uh, tomorrow. Apparently, he's supposed to be releasing another album this yes. year. Jesus is born. Jesus is born. So mm-hmm. I am um, holding my breath. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I I didn't. I listened to it a little bit. I, I wasn't really a big fan of Jesus is King. It's I, like you said, production quality top notch. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's Kanye. So I haven't really liked anything he's done in a while. Uh, I think the last album I actually liked was uh, Dropout. I mean, I've I liked uh, stuff later than that. Like no, uh, I liked Robert- Graduation. That was the last album I liked. I liked My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which came out 
I think it was like 2010 or something. Yeah. If I'm wrong about that, that could it's be blasphemy. It's 2010. Um, yeah. The Life of Pablo was pretty good. Is like half and half. Um, there's actually a great Chance the Rapper feature on that album. Um, Jesus is by far his worst album. I, I absolutely <laughs> hate that album. Um, yeah. Well, let's the, uh, uh, the only let's forego like the Kanye on, West talk, though. The only thing I like him on is the Cleveland show. Oh God! Yeah, he, he is really good on the Cleveland yeah, show. He had That's like a great two episode. different or three different cameos. And yeah, played they're, Kenny they're always West. good. Yeah, Kenny yeah. West, yeah, he has ostriches. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's let's forego the Kanye West talk and move into um, part two of Metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Metal. Yeah. Yeah, metal. Uh, and the meat and the potatoes uh, of of our episode, metal too. Um, so I'm signing. I'm uh, filing a uh, complaint to the FCC about uh, the word "meat" is a uh, a slur against. Uh, God damn it. Yeah, I agree. How about you just, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to send this one over to uh, Badger and Bullwinkle to uh, bring us into uh, the, uh, the the meat and pota- meatless uh, meat and potatoes of the episode. The Badger and Moose presents New Metal. That is the title we're going with. So uh, we, as you heard last episode... If you haven't heard it yet, stop what you're doing now and go listen to that one first. No, just kidding. Keep listening to this one and then go back because this one is going to be about new metal. So we had thrash metal before. That was the 80s. Then we come into uh, new metal starting up in the late 90s into the mid 2000s, still kind of lingering on some some forms today. New metal combines elements of uh, other genres with metal, so like hip-hop, funk, grunge, uh, 90s alternative rock, industrial music, and it's all in this hodgepodge of noise and whininess, and uh, sometimes it's a successful exercise, but most of the time it's not. Uh, it's Some of it's really good. It's the music of my like adolescence uh, it's like what was on VH1's uh, top 10 playlist that I'd watch like every weekend with my uh, sister. It was really annoying. But they had all these like creepy rock songs. And uh, a lot of the stuff I was researching for this segment uh, brought me back to thinking about how uh, fucked up some of those music videos are. But we'll talk about that later. The main qualities of new metal are uh, guitar heavy, lots of distortion, but not a lot of solos for the main parts. Some of these bands that we'll talk about have uh, some, you know, solos in it, but for the most part, it's just riff heavy. And uh, a lot of times it's, you know, detuned like we talked before uh, to give that dark sound. They're... Uh, the look is Fred Durst, you know, the baggy pants, the backwards hat, the uh, but it's also the the creepy guitar player dude from that band, uh, Limp Biscuit, who had like the creepy like makeup on his face, and uh, there goes from goth to to jock to all kinds of 
music. Uh, some popular bands include Corn, uh, Limp Biscuit, Rage Against the Machine, Stains, uh, Papa Roach, P.O.D., Slipknot, Linkin Park, Godsmack, which is Bullwinkle's all-time favorite band. Uh, Jeez. And number two after Godsmack is Kid Rock for uh, Bullwinkle. And then we got System of the Down. These are just like a few popular bands, but those are kind of like what you think of when you think of new metal. Um, so some of those bands were kind of successful at combining the elements of like more successful than others uh, of rap and hip hop and rock and funk music. Uh, Rageous Machine really brings all those things together uh, and corn and Lincoln Park. You're just System renaming the bands you already talked about. But <laughs> we're going to be going into them much more deeply as we keep going. So, first off, Bullwinkle wants to talk about Limbiscuit, who was his favorite bands growing up. Ugh. All right. So, Limbiscuit, uh, led by a, uh, a genius, um, Fred Durst. Musical genius. <laughs> Musical genius. <laughs> Um, voice of a generation right there yeah badger's notes here say it's an overall terrible collection of annoying whiny jock rock <laughs> mixed with rip-off rap and metal elements i like um that. and then something about one dude with crazy stage makeup west borland and then we have a music cue very good sounds so enthused <laughs> this is nookie off of uh the business Mozart right here of our generation. It hasn't got bad yet, kids. Like a bitch, hey. Yeah, Limp Bizkit is one of those weird bands that I don't understand why they're popular because they're just universally hated. They uh, I have I think never the understood label, it. This was in the time that record labels still owned the music industry more than they do now. Uh, but they paid for this to get out everywhere, and it was yeah. horrible. But It was horrible. It was it's everywhere. actually more. It's more horrible than I remember it being. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but a little bit less horrible bands we have from the same same early time period is Corn, uh, which uh, they're a California uh, goth weird kind of band uh, that uh, they just have good songwriting but they're kind of just like uh, I don't know let, let me play a little bit of Freak on the Leash which is one of their most famous songs uh, yeah <laughs> who names the kid Monkey or Fieldy and Head or Jonathan 
Something takes a part of me. Something lost and never seen. Every time I start to believe, something's raped and taken from me, from me. Life's gotta always be messing with me. Can't it chill and let me be free? So that is kind of uh, tame for corn. Uh, they do get heavier as well. They are one of those popular bands that had the music videos I was talking about before. Um, but they're one of the leaders. If you think of uh, new metal, you're thinking corn, you're thinking Limp Bizkit, and uh, add in one of the other ones that we said before. Uh, has, did anybody else like corn growing up? Um, yeah. I mean, I I just thought they uh, like they were the masters of having like a quiet part and then a loud part. Like, Dynamics. I don't know. That's that sounds so simple, but like that's literally all their music was. Like it was like yeah. Now we're quiet. Now we're really loud. Now we're quiet again. And like it, it, that was basically their one thing. Um, but. If, Fuck it. They did it. They did it pretty well. All things considered. I mean, guys, they were on South Park. Yeah. <laughs> they they solved mysteries. Yep. The uh I mean it's <laughs> what the, it comes down to. Yeah. Mm. So my favorite album by Korn is The Untouchables, but Follow the Leader and Issues were some of their classics, along with their uh self-titled Korn. And they uh yeah, I grew up listening to them on my little Walkman, and oh god, yeah, you all, you all thought you were badass for listening to it. I know, uh, you guys don't have to admit it here, but I mean, yes, <laughs> because just because it was uh, shocking to the people around me, it scared you your know? grandparents. Yeah, it's definitely this this whole era uh, of metal. Uh, is definitely focusing on let's scare older people, which I respect. Yeah, that's <laughs> why I'm okay with new metal. Um, I don't like a lot of the bands that have come out of the new metal scene, but there are a handful that are kick ass. And one of them that uh, some people like for some reason, I have no idea why. Uh, <laughs> they come from a state that uh, one of us knows a little bit more than the other. Uh, I know more about it, but I'm going to let Bullwinkle go with it because uh, he thinks he knows about Iowa. So I'm shooting it to you. Moose, you got the Slipknot. All right. So Slipknot, obviously they are a band from Iowa in case you didn't pick up on all of uh, Badger's subtlety there. Rambling. Rambling, yes. Um, I kind of consider them on the verge of like, I don't know, are they new metal? I guess they're on Badger's list here, so I have to talk about it. But um, they've won multiple Grammys. They're pretty legit. They're kind of weird. They do all that costume nonsense, which I've never really understood. Um, But, I mean, they've won Grammys. They've been nominated. Um, They're not exactly my cup of tea, but they they are popular in that genre, and they do better than bands like Limp Bizkit or... Papa Roach or guys like that. So, and he oh. has a uh, 
a better voice, I would say, than the whininess of Limp Bizkit. And uh, Jonathan Davis has a, a pretty good voice, but uh, Slipknot has like a refined kind of voice. Uh, what's his solo band? Uh, I only know his name. What's his name? <laughs> Corey Taylor. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, I will. Yeah, I'll ahead. say that that Slipknot, as far as new metal goes, they're probably one of the more talented bands. Well, um, not only that, but they're like properly metal, as opposed to like you know Corn, which is kind of they experiment in in a lot of different mm. musical genres. Where True. Slipknot is like, nope, we're <laughs> fucking metal, and that's pretty much it, you know. Uh, which. It's surprisingly rare in this uh, metal movement of new metal. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Uh, I think that Bullwinkle said that they won a Grammy. Uh, that was for Before I Forget. Let's just play a little bit of that to, to hear what we get from Slipknot. Here we go. <laughs> Now imagine a guy in like a clown mask or whatever his costume of choice is that album uh, doing that. Have, have you seen his new mask? I saw pictures of their all their new masks. <laughs> Corey Taylor looks like he's got a water jug on his face. <laughs> he looks like a super fat guy. It's really funny. I thought it was Chris Christie for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been Donald Trump. You have to uh, respect the office, man. Respect the office. No, you don't. Uh, But I digest. You know who doesn't respect the office? Rage against the fucking machine. And they are new metal. I know they're in dispute. But uh, Rage Against the Machine is the greatest of all time metal bands. They are... uh, They incorporate hip-hop with their heavy rock they got the best guitar player, uh, Tom Morello. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. He puts out his solo work. You know, he works in all kinds of different bands, uh, Audio Slave, all that. But they are. Uh, we're we're gonna eventually do a show on them. But they're they're just a huge band. Uh, they, they take what the Flowbots did and do it like. Uh, crazier and before them and shouldn't that yeah shouldn't that be the other way around no (laughs) they copied the flow bots (laughs) they heard that we mentioned them in that episode and then they had to come back from the dead and be like fuck you guys we're not the flow bots we are gonna show you what we're made out of and uh decided that they're going on tour uh like we talked about last week what were you going to say, Darsh? I was going to say part of the reason that there's so much dispute about them being actually new metal is just because they're so fucking good. Yeah. Right. Like, like <laughs> they, kind, they kind of transcend, like, all of the nonsense of that genre. I, I mean, nonsense in a good way. But, uh, yeah. 
nonsense nonetheless. Well, there's there's no pageantry. Yeah. Nope. It's they just they just go up on stage and like make an entire crowd of people want to like tear down the government. And there's <laughs> like, there's they're not exactly radio friendly either. I mean, nope. they have they have some ra- like songs that you will hear on the radio, but they they don't really tone it down. That's not something that they do. Nope. And they were notably uh, up for a Grammy, and when they lost to Limp Bizkit, uh that was an MTV Movie Award or Music was that, Award, dude. Was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, and then he Grammy. goes up and when fucking Tim... climbs on the stage. And, <laughs> the Statue uh, of Liberty. Down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And... Tim. Tim wanted to rage against the machine. <laughs> yes, the machine that is MTV. And they're uh, just Tom Morello's, like, uh, he makes hip-hop sounds just as much as he makes metal sounds with his guitar. And when I was saying no guitar solos, but I made a caveat, it was because Tom Morello makes some of the craziest noise solos and different uh, effects that he uses. Uh, Just, yeah, they're a great band. Uh, And we get to talk about them, so why not? I could listen to Rage Against the Machine on repeat for the rest of my life and be completely content. They hit all of the all of the buttons for me. Probably the worst part about Rage Against the Machine is all of the bands that tried to copy them unsuccessfully. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. Uh, Rage Against the Machine actually started in 1991. Yeah. Um. So they kind of are like the the precursor band of new metal in my mind. Yeah. Um, you know, bands like them and then, uh, Primus, um, there, there's a few other bands that, you know, came right before the corns and the Papa Roaches and the Limp Biscuits that were actually like really kick ass. Um, not that Primus is new metal, but you know, they're definitely one of the precursors of the sound. They're like um, alt metal, which I think is kind of the theme of new metal. Yeah. Um, so like Rage Against the Machine just kicks ass, but like, 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 uh, Badger said, well, we're going to do a whole episode on them at some point. Um, without a doubt. Ah. <sighs> Do you have yep. anything else that you guys would like to say about the the nu metal? I mean, are we really not going to talk about hybrid theory like at all? Uh, no, we're I mean, going to. Dude, take your time. But we have don't to. Don't be so hasty. We have to first talk about, you mentioned a little bit of hate about uh, Rage's Machine wannabe bands. And I remember growing up, uh, one member of this band really liked uh, P.O.D., uh, that member was Bullwinkle, so I'm gonna oh, throw. Oh God! 
throw Bullwinkle under the bus again to talk about another bad band. Oh, no. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, Let's so, not talk about uh, them. I think you can lump them together. You say they're bad. That's P.O.D. and Papa Roach. Limp oh. Biscuit, Christian, New Metal nonsense that pretty much signifies why the genres was Papa not Roach very... Uh, Christian? No. No. Was I'm lumping Uncle them Cracker together. In that band? <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Papa Roach was, was, was truly horrible. Cut my life into pieces. <laughs> this is my last resort. Constipation. All right, let's, let's talk no about moving. good good bands. Because my bowels aren't moving. <laughs> um, yeah, go. Please talk about some good bands. All right, um, Bullwinkle. Do you want to talk about Lincoln Park? No, you can talk about Lincoln Park. All right, Lincoln Park, the Hybrid Theory. Uh, okay, Lincoln Park are, um, you know, they were huge growing up. Uh, they were. One of those bands that uh, my parents, you know, their friends were like, oh, you could give them to your kid because it's loud, but they don't curse. Uh, you know, at the PTA meetings. Uh, yeah. So the especially their first album, which was, you know, it was pretty heavy at the time. Uh, it had heavy drums, but it also incorporated like sampling and programming from uh, Mr. Han, their DJ. Yeah, uh, DJ and, Han, yeah. Yeah, they're they're like um, another one that has a lot of talent in the bands. Uh, from their guitarist uh, Brad Delson, uh, who was just you know all the time he never messed up. Um, and then you had Chester Bennington, uh, their late screamer and singer, who passed right. away a couple years back. But he had like a voice that you were just uh, looking. I I remember going to the to the wall or whatever record store, uh, you know, back in the Fye <laughs> Fye those those stores <laughs> at the mall, and going in and being like, "Can I get uh, Lincoln Park without the rapping?" <laughs> it was like, and then the guy's like, "Oh, we have all this and it's all this," and I was like, "No, it's all terrible. Get me somebody I can sing like that." I don't need like, but anyway, I moved on and, um, yeah. And then, uh, later I, uh, got to, uh, appreciate, uh, Mike Shinoda a little bit more, uh, with his part. He's, uh, he's definitely part of what makes Limb uh, Limb <laughs> Jesus, a good band. Uh, Darce, do you have something to say? I mean, I, if you were coming of age in middle school around like 2002, 2003, 2001, you had this album. Like, don't don't try and deny it. You were in on the bus listening to Hybrid Theory, probably like your third or fourth burned copy because you listened to it so much. And uh, just don't try and deny it. Hybrid Theory was amazing. It it rocked your world. And uh, Meteora was pretty good too. Um, that's, yes, so they about uh, all kind I have of to evolved uh, into a little bit more towards rap sometimes, towards uh, metal some other times. But they, uh, when he died, there was a lot of uh, you know emotion coming out of the uh, the the rap world just as much as like the rock world. Just you know because. Uh, they uh were they crossed over so successfully and uh they're not my favorite band 
but they made the list, you know, because they are new metal. And I remember uh, skateboarding to crawling all the time. It was just like a huge, heavy song. Uh, listen to like the first scream and you know what I talk about. Here's crawling from Hybrid Theory. Crawling by Linkin Park. So, uh, one last band that is worth noting uh, is not the least by by far. It is uh, System of the Down. They are also Grammy nominated. Uh, They are an Armenian American heavy metal, new metal band. Uh, They are uh, they were hugely successful and they were loud. They were rude and. And they were all political at the same time as, you know, uh, telling that telling people to pull tapeworms out of their ass, uh, literally. And they uh, at the same time had beautiful guitar licks uh, like in Chop Suey, which was, I think, their first hit. Right. Uh, I do believe. That was Chop Suey. You could hear their parts, but they got much heavier as they progressed. And they were heavy on that first album, too, uh, Toxicity. And that had, you know, a string of hits. It didn't just have top, Chop Suey. It also had uh, aerials, aerials. And it had, uh, I forget, they had a bunch of, uh, it had a lot of good songs. Uh, definitely check it out if you don't know them. Uh, their second album, Steal This Album. Uh, was all about anti-record uh, label, anti-corruption of the record industry. And this, you can hear the heaviness on it. This is Bubbles. wraps up new metal brought to you by badger and the moose well that was one direction that um not the band but that was one direction that uh metal went to the other direction i'm gonna throw it over to uh the darsh and the scared uh canine Uh, some people call them some people call them dogs no but we'll, we'll call them canines oh oh (laughs) <laughs> fucking oh. donald trump all right anyway <laughs> um we today are going to be talking to you about 
uh, metalcore slash hardcore music. Um, you know that you know the style. If you are anywhere near our age, you probably either listened to it or had friends that listened to it. Um, but uh, I, I'm actually going to let Darsh talk for a little bit on this one. So Darsh, why don't you uh, take us away? So quick little introduction about metalcore and hardcore is that both of these genres uh, stemmed from hardcore punk uh, in the early to mid 80s uh, from bands like um, Minor Threat and Fugazi and later bands like uh, Refused. And uh, they took this sound, they made it heavier, they made the screams louder. Um, the difference between hardcore and metalcore is basically that hardcore tends to be more punk in its uh, overall sound, whereas metalcore kind of embraces the thrashiness of thrash and speed metal a little bit. Um, but very similar, a lot of the times the bands are interchangeable. Bands like um, Under Oath have played both sides of that fence um, fairly well. And uh, why don't we play uh, a little song just to get you in so you know what we're talking about. Uh, I'm going to play a song by the band I just mentioned, which is Under Oath, which is one of my favorite uh, hardcore slash metalcore bands. Uh, why don't you play the song in regards to my... I love that song. Buy your bootstraps. And uh, <laughs> so this, it's a little bit of a mixed bag, this genre, because unlike new metal, which was a very cohesive musical movement, um, hardcore and metalcore has been both, you know, it's been around for a while um, and it's kind of constantly evolving. Uh you had your classic metalcore bands like Bullet for My Valentine, which, you know, has basically been one of the uh, movers and shakers in the modern uh, sound. But uh, you have bands like Bring Me the Horizon, which is sort of adding new twists to that sound, um, adding more electronic elements to that sound, adding more poppy um, elements to that sound. Um, if you wouldn't mind playing a quick so song by them, uh, the song is The House of Wolves by Bring Me the Horizon. <laughs>
So uh, the reason I played that song is not because it contains any of the super experimental uh, aspects that I just mentioned, but that song contains one of the most crucial elements to a hardcore or metalcore sound, and that is a breakdown. Fuck yeah. Uh, what is a breakdown? It's kind of hard to describe. It's basically the moment in a metalcore or hardcore song where it just goes absolutely nuts. And like, there's all these like uh, very, very, very heavy riffs. Like they save the heaviest riffs for this part. And uh, this like became like almost meme status. Um, and it spawned one of the weirder sub sub genres of metal, which was called Crabcore. I forget, <laughs> I forget which band it was. Well, I could probably look it up. But uh, it spawned like this crab dance, like the, the uh, breakdowns got so heavy that it, it, they just had to get so low to dance to this breakdown. Um, but uh, is that where the also, dubstep goes to? It could be, honestly. Well, I mean, but, there is a very influential metalcore, metalcore, hardcore band that basically. So if you know who Skrillex is, he was originally in a metalcore hardcore band. Um Who's Screamo? And Screamo. And Screamo. Um what was the name of that band? From first to last. From uh, first to last. I forgot what it was. God, that's awful. Uh, the uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the crabcore exactly band I was sense. talking about. Attack attack. Attack attack. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah crabcore. There's the thing about uh the hardcore uh like genre is that there's a million and one subgenres of the hardcore genre uh yeah. which metalcore is a subgenre of hardcore um but yeah the, the the most quintessential uh part of any metalcore uh you know band is is their ability to write breakdowns i was in a very very shitty a hardcore band in high school uh before i joined ordeal um that th we would literally just sit around and write breakdowns and then figure out the song like it, 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 it is totally it is totally meme worthy um, it, it became like the measuring stick that yes. was like that's how you rate how good a hardcore band is is how good the breakdowns were um so I'm I'm just gonna continue here. Um, there are other bands in this um, in this genre that you may know, you may not know. Um, Number twelve looks like you is is a band that I know that uh, you know Badger's maybe not the biggest fan of metalcore, but I know he likes them. Um, and Norma, Norma Jean. Jean, there that's another band, The Chariot. Um, there's a lot of crossover um, in in this area of metalcore with christian uh metal uh there's a lot of christian themes that come through uh which is very odd to me but um you know to each his own um one of my favorite uh metalcore bands when i was you know really into it was every time i die uh badger could you play us a, a song by them <laughs>
fuck yeah. Um, yeah, I, I saw Every Time I Die a bunch of times in high school, um, just because they were huge in the scene, uh, at least my part of it. The thing about metalcore and hardcore that uh, is different, it's a huge difference uh, with new metal, is that metalcore and hardcore never went away because it never hit mainstream uh, success. So there was never an oversaturation of, of, um, of the sound. It's always been more on the underground uh, area of music. Um, you know, most people don't know who Under Oath are, but if you go up to someone and say, like Papa Roach, they're going to know who you're talking about. They're going to know who Limp Biscuit is. They're not going to know who the Chariot and Norma Jean are. They're not going to know who the Bled is. Um, speaking of the Bled, that's uh, can you throw a, a track up by them for me, uh, Badger? I requested that that song. I I put that song in the docket for this episode, and the reason is it was going to be my segue into uh, how dangerous these uh, pits at these shows could be. Because uh, during that song, I was kicked in the face. <laughs> I was um, there, <laughs> and uh, I was so disoriented that when uh, Motion City Soundtrack, which oddly was the weird the next band that played. Uh, I just spent the entire show throwing up. Um, but, you know, I don't regret it. It's probably because I was a young teenager. But you you, got, you had to be really careful in those pits, man. Like, uh, it was, people were not pulling their punches. They weren't necessarily trying to hurt you, but they didn't care if you got hurt. This um, was not a mosh pit. And I found that out the hard way. Uh, they won't pick you up. I mean, yeah. maybe eventually you'll get picked up, but like in a regular mosh pit, you're going to get picked up. This, they, they'll just kick you in the face or something like that. I don't know. Well, and and be, they were hardcore dancing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. They were like, yep. we don't mosh here. We hardcore dance. It, it is kind of fun, but. It is. I'm I'm still really good at hardcore dancing. <laughs> I have a picture uh, of you hardcore dancing, so ordeal by innocence. Dude, of course, uh, I would hardcore dance to fucking pop music at like the Billy Eilish four twenty concert that we had that we like. Oh the yeah, school. at the park. Yeah, we caught in the school into having a concert on four twenty or something like that. Was it for Earth Day? Yeah, it was for Earth Day. Four twenty. I organized uh, that event. Fuck we yeah. organized it together. We were the co, oh yeah, co-organizers. Yeah, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, hardcore dancing. There was a that was another meme-worthy thing. Basically, we would hardcore dance at anything, even if it 
wasn't hardcore at all. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, one of those things that will is doomed to obscurity that I insist on bringing up uh, just because it was so ridiculous and such a big part of being a fan of this genre of music at that time. Have you ever hardcore danced to ska music? Yes. Yeah, well, it's a lot of fun. And I always end up just skanking. Yeah. yeah no, it, but it becomes less hardcore dancing. Hardcore, yeah. Um, hardcore dancing is basically skanking, but you throw your hands around a lot more. Yeah. It's like skanking <laughs> with Tourette's. <laughs> it's not, that is not an inaccurate uh, description of it. Um, <laughs> But uh, like I said, this this genre never went away. Um, this this is still really a, a really really relevant uh, genre. Um, there's a couple of decent bands that are around. Uh, one of my favorite uh, newer um, like metalcore hardcore band is uh, Varials. Uh, they're actually from Philadelphia. They're really kick ass. Um, absolutely fucking gnarly. Um, I would definitely suggest to everybody on, uh, on this podcast to listen to them at some point, um, if you want to get angry, uh, and to our fans, uh, you know, to the, the audience, um, you're welcome, Badger. Uh, um, thanks dude. Yeah. <laughs> to listen to varials. Varials is a very talented, uh, really kick-ass crazy show. Um, but I mean, that's that's one of the things about this is that like seeing it live is so much like so exciting to be at a like a metalcore or a hardcore show. Um, and there there are so many different like subgenres of this, um, like crust punk and Nintendo and, core. Um, yeah, and and thrash core and grind core, post hardcore. Um, yeah, post hardcore. Uh, there, there's so many subgenres of of the hardcore, um, metalcore. Uh, you know, um, uh, over like overarching genre. Um, you know, and and it does cross into um, like alternative rock sometimes. Um, it's rare. Um, but it does. And then a little bit of grunge had some of this in it, like with um, uh, a lot of grunge musicians were influenced by the Melvins, which were like hardcore uh, punk band, uh, sludge metal type of band uh, from like the 80s. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I mean, Darsh, you have anything else you wanted to, to talk about with uh, this? Uh, no, not really. I think, you know, we gave uh, everyone, you know, a quick glimpse into our ex unique experience with this genre. Um, just one last thing. Didn't the guy from As I Lay Dying kill somebody or try I do. and kill somebody? He hired um, somebody to kill his wife. Yeah. And now yeah. he's back playing music. I don't know who's yeah, he going got out to of jail, him, but I don't know. He's, he's a he's a, a douchebag. Yeah, uh, he he's an absolute douche canoe. Um, we saw Tim, them a lot, and Tim yeah, Lambesis, they were super Christian too. They were I, supposed well, to be. They're uh, so we taught we saw them at Taste of Chaos one year, and uh, I remember liking the album that they were touring with. So the you know the, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, but uh, <laughs> when know. when do you separate the the art from the artists? It's one of those things. 
I think I can um, do it in this, or I, I, I'm not sure I'm willing to do it in this scenario. But yeah, I don't like Azalea dying that much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but before we head out, I'm just gonna um, to read. Uh, we we touched on like what five or six different genres over the last two episodes with metal. Um, the thing about metal <laughs> is that there are numerous subgenres. I'm going to read from a list really quickly as fast as I can of the different types of metal there, that there are. Go, go, so go. We, alternative metal, black metal, uh, which includes symphonic black metal as well as Viking metal, uh, cello metal, Christian metal, which we talked about a little bit, uh, which includes unblack metal. Uh, then there's crust punk, death metal, uh, death and roll, melodic death metal, uh, doom metal, funeral doom, uh, drone metal, sludge metal, experimental metal, extreme metal, folk metal, which is actually really kick-ass. You guys should check out some folk metal uh, bands. Uh, Celtic metal, also very kick-ass. Uh, that goes along with medieval metal, pagan metal. And then there's funk metal, which some people put uh, Primus and Rage Against the Machine in that. Uh, glam metal, gothic metal, grindcore, which we talked about, which also includes death grind and gore grind. Uh, groove metal, industrial metal, metalcore, deathcore, mathcore, which is dope. Dillinger Escape Plan, go listen to them. Nintendo core, uh, Darsh mentioned them really quick. Uh, it's uh, Horse the Band uh, does a lot of stuff with that. Uh, neoclassical metal, new metal, post metal, power metal, progressive metal, which uh, we'll get into that on a different episode. Uh, then there's gent metal, which is just uh, special. Uh, band to check out with that is Periphery. Uh, rap metal, speed metal, stoner metal, uh, symphonic metal, thrash metal, uh, crossover thrash, traditional heavy metal, and Teutonic thrash metal. Uh, and that's not even all of them. <laughs> wow. Uh, um, and then, you know, you also have like Canadian metal, which would be like uh, Nickelback. Nickelback. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so there there are a million and one uh, different subgenres of metal. Uh, if we didn't talk about your favorite type of metal, uh, sorry. Um, don't know what to do tell you. We can't. Yeah, we we could sit and literally change our podcasts to just metal and just the stoner could, metal yeah. and all the different subgenres. <laughs> yeah, stoner metal. Like it's it's ridiculous. Metal is uh, ever changing, and there's uh, something out there for everyone. There's even like pop metal. Um, what what is uh there's a band out of uh japan called baby metal <laughs> um if you don't know baby metal go look them up that's uh enjoyable for you know the music's actually really good um but it, it's pretty enjoyable uh overall um there's a lot of metal in k-pop yeah yeah there's it's there's so much if you type Anime in metal. a word and then metal it wouldn't surprise me if it ends up being a musical genre. Um, um, do you have a favorite? Do I have a favorite? Um, my favorites, I'll give you like three. I really like uh, progressive metal, which is like Tool or Rush. Um, Rush is kind of on the light side of the metal. They're just more progressive rock. But uh, I actually three. really like listening to uh, Gent music because it's just, it makes it's it's good for like a laugh um and then you know hardcore and it's sub genres um that's probably my favorite style of metal if i were to 
to say any metal is my favorite, it's going to be metalcore slash hardcore. Um, it's just all my formative years of playing uh, uh, music, uh, like in high school, like that's what I was trying to do um, until I realized that that's not what I actually wanted to do. I liked listening to it and I absolutely hated fucking playing it. Um, that's like but, when I wanted to be an astronaut. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you want to be an astronaut, but then you realize that you got to go shoot. You have to exercise. Strap your, yeah, and you have to strap yourself to a bunch of I'm good explosive with that. shit. I'm good with that. I'm, I'm I do that on that. Call that a Saturday afternoon. But <laughs> the the whole you know, there's like you have to be uh, exercise and yeah, yeah you have fun. to be like tip top shape. But um, well, I am, but that's just because naturally I'm uh, incredibly good looking. You guys can't <laughs> okay. see it. Well, uh, you know, that's enough for that and all the lies that were just told. Yeah, so, uh, why don't we why don't we wrap this up to say goodbye to all of you nice people? And, yeah. Uh, we'll see why you next time. Yeah, take it easy, everybody. Um, Badger, can you uh, play some uh, hardcore music to take us out? Of course. I nice. love that song. That That's such great. a good song. <laughs> they're, they're a great band. That was the fall of Troy, the dark yeah. trail. It's about smoking opium. Yep. That's like what half of uh, the songs we talked about were about. <laughs> yeah. But thank you guys for listening to the metal episode. It was fun. Uh, hope you listened to the last one. And uh, and if not, what are you doing? Go, I know. go listen to it. You what jags. do we pay you all for doing? Yeah, wait, what? You're paying our fans, yeah. our audience, if you will. I pay the audience. You have this so backwards. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> oh, bye, everybody. Bye. Twelve Bar News Podcast was recorded at Twelve Years Dungeon Studios in Trenton, New Jersey. The sound engineer Jeff Damon, webmaster Daniel Marshall. Resident Iowan, Mike Stanley, and your host slash delinquent, Patrick Stofflet. Thanks for tuning in. 12 Years Dungeon! <laughs>